A-M-E-M, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. The weekly meeting of intelligent, worldly, astute alphas officially is called to order. Not only do we enjoy alpha male pleasures, cigar spirits, diversions, dice dames, gambling, travel, but we also are highly intelligent and we talk about the topics of the day, current events, and we can do so in a manner that, frankly, betas, wussified betas, can't keep up with. We do not just opine about alpha male pleasures. Anything that I, as your five-star general and global alpha male-in-chief, deem appropriate to discuss for the next two hours shall be on the agenda. So now that the meeting is officially open, grab your cigar, grab your libation, grab your steak, your delicacy, sit back. Relax and enjoy two hours of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Long ash greetings and salutations. A long ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As I come to you from Command Center Alpha, front and center in the cigar city of Tampa. And as I just look over the window of my office, I see that the Formerly grounded, or still grounded, Southwest 737 Max that was in my view from Command Center Alpha is gone. It has been shuttled and ferried to the Victorville Airport out in the Mojave Desert where it can sit without any threat of corrosion. They sent, I believe Southwest sent their entire fleet, I think 35, 38 of them. That is, they're all just sitting there right now. We will get to a discussion a follow-up to discussion to my long pontification session last week about the 737 MAX and Boeing and their negligence and culpability. I got a great response from an airline captain that flies the 737. We'll get into that. Also, quite the opposite, a negative response from a former 737 pilot. has a major issue with this five-star. No problem. We can handle that. And also earlier this week, uh, back, uh, what was it, uh, Thursday, Daniel Elwell, the acting FAA administrator, was, actually it was uh, Wednesday, I believe, was in front of a Senate committee, and he mumbled, stumbled, and bumbled throughout the hearing, and in fact, some of his answers were blatantly false. And I'll get into him and what they're, why there's a huge issue with the FAA. All you need to know is... Washington, D.C. is an incestuous swamp filled with rats and vermin and locusts and other swamp creatures. Daniel Elwell is one of them, currently the acting 
administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration. We've also got uh, other items that we'll get to specifically about beer, some very interesting beer-related items we will get to. Also, in the second hour, you know, it is the NCAA tournament, and we're down to, uh, what, I think we're at the Sweet 16 now, going into the Elite Eight. There is a group of people that actually had their own, not March Madness, but potato chip madness. And they put some brackets together to, to find out who was the champion, who had the best potato chips. Who doesn't like potato chips? Everyone likes potato chips, so we will get to that. But first up, very big news coming from Utah. This, this is a Cigar Dave's News Bulletin. Very good news from the state of Utah. They have passed a Senate bill to legalize sex outside of marriage. Wow. They're only about 158 years past when everybody else passed something along those lines. Leave it to Utah. You know, when you're getting ready to land in Salt Lake, the pilot comes on and says, folks, we're beginning our final approach into Salt Lake. You may turn your watches back seven decades. So in Utah, they have passed Senate Bill 43 that is hoping to repeal the crime of sex between those who are not married. It was criminalized in 1973. Fornication is now considered a Class B misdemeanor. So if you have sexual relations with someone outside of marriage, two single people, or a married person and a non-married person, you are a criminal in Utah. A Class B misdemeanor. If you Now, I think I'm going to go into your bedroom and say... We are witnessing fornication-related maneuvers. You are not married. Therefore, you are under arrest. You have the right to remain flaccid while you are booked. If you get arrested, the charge carries penalties up to six months in jail and or up to a $1,000 fine. There are other examples of Class B misdemeanors that have no direct correlation to sex, including assault, DUI, and shoplifting. So sex outside of marriage in Utah at this point, currently in 2019, is the equivalent of assault, DUI, and shoplifting. And the current bill is part of an effort to update Utah's criminal code. The decision, this is unbelievable, was not unanimous. Hard to believe. Some of Utah's conservative House members voiced their concerns. Republican Kevin Stratton who obviously is from the 4th century, objected to the bill saying what is is legally is often far below what is morally right. And I recognize our laws are not strong enough to rule an immoral people. Oh, please. Stratton, get in the 21st century. Please, what are we, back in uh, 1892? Well, I guess in Utah you are. Unreal. Now, Utah, that's not the only bill that they are working on. Their mission to clean up their criminal code, including the decriminalization of adultery and sodomy among consenting adults and allowing sex workers who are attacked or have crimes committed against them to report the crimes without fear of prosecution. Now, maybe that's why men in Utah have 28 wives. Because basically, if they want to fool around, technically it's a Class B misdemeanor. So you, got, you want variety. So on Monday, you want a brunette. On Wednesday, you want a blonde. On Thursday, you want a reddit. Maybe you want four different ones in the same day. You would be committing four different crimes. But 
If you're married to four of them, eight of them, 28, 30 women, technically I guess it's not a crime. Only in Utah. It is, again, like walking back into the fourth century. So good news. Now if I go to Utah and bring the harem, not married, I will not be subject to being arrested and a Class B misdemeanor. Think about that. Six months in jail and or a $1,000 fine. So if you shtup, if you bang, let's just say in the course of a week, let's just say seven different women, one on each day, theoretically $7,000 fine, and that could be 42 months in the hooch cow. Only in Utah. All right, Thursday, opening day for baseball. Stadiums were packed. There were ample amounts of the American pastime, foods, hot dogs, peanuts, Cracker Jacks. But wait, not so fast. Our three, take me out to the Hold it right there. Stop. Stop on the peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Not so fast, my friends. That tradition of peanuts and Cracker Jacks at baseball stadiums across this country. It has been a tradition going back over 100 years. But no longer in Hotfed, Connecticut, the home of the Hotfed Yad Goats. Now, I'm just waiting for some member of ISIS to say, wait a minute, the yard goats, you are putting our future sexual partners in a yard and containing them? I'm waiting for somebody from ISIS or some of the uh, mullahs in Iran to say, wait a minute, you are making fun of our potential new mates. But the Hartford yard goats, the class AA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies becoming the first professional sports team and venue at Dunkin' Donuts Stadium to go completely and permanently peanut-free. The Yard Goats' decision stemmed from conversations with local parents who have kids with peanut allergies. The Yard Goats had previously, at various times, held the occasional peanut-free game, which included banning the offending legumes and doing a deep clean of the stadium. The uh, stadium, Dunkin' Donuts Park, sells more than 200 foods and beverages. And in addition to peanuts and Cracker Jacks, a peanut topping for Sunday also whacked. Gone. And as you enter the stadium, your bags will be checked. You are not allowed to bring peanuts in from the outside. What is happening in America? Now, in the United States... There are 2.2% of children, 1.8% of adults that have peanut allergies, according to the Food Allergy Research and Education Advocacy Group in Virginia. Here is my take on this. When we were kids, Sergeant Steve, let me ask you, when you were a kid, you went to birthday parties, normally what was served? Now, when I was growing up, it was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It was tuna fish sandwiches, and then eventually it went to pizza and other sort of, of foods. But almost every kid I know would bring peanut butter and jelly to school for lunch. Absolutely. That was a staple. That was, that's what everybody Exactly. Had. Exactly. Did you ever drink from a garden hose? Absolutely. Every, every, there you go. every weekend, every time we were outside. And you climbed a fence now and then, right? Absolutely. Didn't wear a helmet riding a bike. 
That's right. I didn't either. And we all live to tell about it. And here is the kicker. Now we're seeing more kids than ever with peanut allergies. And some doctors hypothesize that it's because kids are not being exposed to peanuts at a young age. We're seeing parents, these, these parents that are saying, oh, you can't have peanuts, can't have this, can't have that. We have become, the kids today have become, and, and, and little toddlers have become so sheltered that they're not being exposed to anything but bottled water, staying away from peanuts, doing anything that their mommies and daddies say, oh, no, no, we can't have our little Johnny or Janie do that. No, no, no. They can't get dirty. They can't do any of that. Exactly. Can't, Can't play in the dirt, in the mud. It goes on and on and on and on. Personally, and I know that I'm going to get some flack from this, personally, I think this peanut allergy is a big crock of poppycock. Yes, the kids have it, but the reason they have it is because they're not exposed to peanuts when they're kids. And doctors now believe that by not being subject to being around peanuts at a young age, when they're older, they don't develop an immunity to it. Now, you're talking about a small percentage, on average 2% of the population. Now, anybody I know that is allergic to peanuts always carries two EpiPens. My sister, cigar sister Lynn, is allergic to bees and, uh, and insect stings. Everywhere she goes, always has the EpiPens with her at all times. But now what is happening is the 98% of Americans who want to enjoy a peanut at the ballpark can't. Now, I understand where you say, well, look, we don't want our kids subjected to that. Okay, a lot of stadiums have created peanut-free zones. But it's not enough for many of these parents who jump up and down and say, I want special treatment for my kid. No, this is terrible. This is dangerous. They could die. Right. So what happens if all of a sudden a kid's walking down the street and somebody happens to be eating peanuts? Well, okay, they get into an allergic anaphylactic reaction They have their EpiPens. But I'm sorry, we don't change, we don't need to change an entire country for a ultra small group of people. What they need to do is start exposing kids, every kid, to peanuts at a young age, and we wouldn't have this crap. And that's what it is. And I know there's going to be some of you that have kids, oh, no, my son or daughter, they are violently react to peanuts. Okay, I understand that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. What I'm saying is the rest of the country should not have to alter the fact that they are, they're not allergic to eating peanuts. They want to enjoy peanuts or Cracker Jacks at the game. And now all of a sudden, you got a stadium, and it's going to hurt them revenue-wise. They're going to lose probably $50,000 a year in revenue. And my answer would be to parents, hey, here's the deal. We'll create certain sections that are peanut-free. Make sure they're peanut-free. But when I hear these people say, well, I'm in the back of the plane and somebody was eating peanuts 30 rows up and my kid got a reaction, I'm not buying it. I don't buy it. I think it is excessive and exaggerated. And frankly, I don't care what the flack I'm going to get from people. If you're allergic to it, great. Carry your EpiPens. Don't go to the game. Don't go to the ballpark unless they have a peanut-free zone. And if that's not good enough for you, then too bad. Watch it on high-definition television. But to change an entire ballpark's menu for an ultra, ultra small percentage of people that may be allergic, you could play that game all day. 
pretty soon we'll say there are vegans. Hey, it, it offends me. And, and, and meat could set me off. And I could get a reaction from s- smelling a hot dog. Great, let's get rid of all beef hot dogs or pork hot dogs at the ballgame. It's coming. If you don't think that's coming, think again. The vegans are going to be out in full force. In fact, many people are already calling on the Hartford Yard Goats. i got to say it like they do up in uh, New England. Not the Yard Goats, the Yard Goats. They're demanding vegan hot dogs be served. I'm sorry. Baseball should not be associated with vegan hot dogs. They are not hot dogs. I do not want to eat soy that is compressed into a tube steak. It does not work for me. So this is what we are seeing now. We are seeing now that the fact is people have gone to the extremes. That All of a sudden, somebody says, I'm allergic. Everybody else must change what they eat, how they act, where they're going to eat it. I am sympathetic to those people that have allergies. But I do not believe that we should change the food options in a stadium for a very, very small percentage, less than 2% of people that may be allergic. Stay home. Period. All right. Next up. Uh, Sergeant Steve, yeah, we've got time for Mayor Bill de Blasio. Yeah, New York. Meatless Mondays now officially coming to New York public schools in the fall. Last week, week ago, actually, just about actually 10 days ago, couldn't get to it last week, de Blasio said all public schools will have meatless Mondays beginning this fall, stating it will help cut back greenhouse emissions by serving more fruits and vegetables and less beef. The meatless Monday menu consists of an all-vegetarian diet for breakfast and lunch every Monday. Folks, this is social engineering, indoctrination. Perfect example they had a, uh, a grade school student by the name of Aiden Bishop Jules. Clearly, this young lad and every other student is indoctrinated. In fact, de Blasio had him start off the announcement. Here is Aiden Bishop Jules, a student in the New York City public schools. Listen to how, how brainwashed this kid is. My name is Aiden Bishop Jules. I am in the fifth grade at PS130. I am very excited to be here today to talk about one of my favorite topics, food. (laughs) Some of my favorite foods are broccoli, smoothies, and lasagna, which my mother makes at home. But when Meatless Mondays came to our school last year, I started seeing some of my favorite foods here too. Like the nutritious veggie tacos with delicious Mexicali beans and the homemade grilled cheese, which you can have today in our cafeteria. I want to be a lawyer when I grow up, and I know that in order to do that, I need to work hard in school. I am much more focused once I have a healthy and tasty lunch at school. I am so happy that Meatless Mondays are coming to every school. Here we have de Blasio Youth. They are indoctrinated from a young age. Now, you want to have veggie tacos? You want to serve grilled cheese? I don't have a problem with that. They should always offer a vegan alternative. But I'm sorry, this is not about just eliminating meat on Mondays. This is about a movement that wants to eliminate any sort of meat under the guise of climate change. And even de Blasio admitted that he loves eating meat. 
Straight up he said that. But I want you to listen to de Blasio, the director. This is what he says to the Bishop, Aiden Bishop Jules, caught right before Jules begins to speak. Listen very closely. You're, you're the actor, I'm the director. <laughs> Three, two, one. Good morning. You're the actor, I'm the director. If that is not de Blasio youth, I don't know what is. Now, next up, Let's go to a, uh, another member of, uh, of the New York City Public Schools. Let's hit it. Now, I want to talk about another young person here in school. Her name is Ella, and she is in the fourth grade. And she was sitting right across from me uh, when I was sitting there at the table. It's Ella, in this case, E-L-A-H. And I said, Ella, what do you think of Meatless Mondays? And here is her exact quote. She says... It's good for the environment, and it's good for you yourself. I think we're done here. <laughs> that was de Blasio. I, 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 on that one. I think it's good for the environment. Last cut. Students voluntarily voted for Meatless Monday, de Blasio says. Hit it. But, Borough President, remember when we were in Sunset Park at a public school that they had voted the elementary school kids had voted for Meatless Monday, and they organized that themselves. So we have to listen to what we are being told by the generation coming up. Why is the generation coming up saying that? Because they're being indoctrinated on this climate change puke. They're being indoctrinated that being a vegan is better than eating meat, that meat is terrible for the environment. And ironically, within minutes, Within minutes of de Blasio's announcement, the USDA reported that beef cattle production is not a significant contributor to long-term global warming. This is about an extreme political agenda. They're coming after your meat, coming after your cigars, they're coming after your steak, your coffee, and now they want to come after the clothes you wear. When we come back, I'll tell you about the next bit of legislation that New York City is proposing. Dames are not going to be happy, and neither am I. Because when dames wear this item of clothing, it gets me hot. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional Line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown
Padrón Habano Tobacco. Available in natural or maduro. Experience Padrón. For your Padrón retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padrón is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. March selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Gurkha sampler, including the Gurkha Marquesa. You can get premium cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. All right, we left off talking about meatless Mondays in the New York City public schools, and I said that that is just the beginning. They're going after your steak. They're going after your cigar. They're going after your spirits, your coffee. It doesn't end. And a perfect example of what we are seeing now is a controlling nanny state where the state will dictate what you will eat, what you will consume, what you will wear. Perfect example. New York City has just proposed legislation to ban the sale of fur within the city. New legislation that was introduced Thursday in the New York City Council. Now to me there is nothing sexier or hotter in the winter, when I see a woman walking down the street in either a full mink coat or a, a fox coat or even a shorter coat, there is some, I don't care, a woman could be a total dog. I mean, woof, woof, bow, wow. On a scale of one to ten, could be a minus five. But when she's wearing a fur coat, there's something that elevates her to like a seven. It's magical. It's like Frosted Lucky Charm. They're magically delicious. It's the same thing. You get a woman who's a seven, boom, wearing the fur coat, she's a ten. Very, to me, it's something very elegant, very sexy. You just want to run your hands through the fur, and then you want to run your hands in them. And especially if a dame, and I always prefer the harem, especially if it's cold, all they have is the fur, nothing else underneath, boom, look out. Prepare for horizontal pleasure maneuvers. There's nothing hotter than a woman wearing a fur coat. Well, in New York City, they have a problem with it. The city is the home to the biggest fur market in the United States. And they are uh, proposing a ban on the sale of fur. There are 130 businesses in the city of New York that primarily sell fur. In fact, it is the largest fur market in the country. Big job. Industry. Over 1,100 people directly work in the fur industry in New York City, making the furs, selling the furs. They're out of business if the ban goes through. And that doesn't count the big department stores, high-end retailers such as Bloomingdale's and Saks, which also sell fur coats. The proposal would be a fine from $500 to $1,500 for each violation under the proposed ban. Now, used for apparel would be exempt, so you could buy a used for a coat. But anything new, forget it. City Council Speaker Corey Johnson, who is sponsoring the ban, said, I'm an animal lover, and I believe that it's cruel to kill an animal just for the purpose of buying and wearing a fur coat. Now, here's my opinion on that. Those animals 
who are raised for their coats, whether they're mink, fox, whatever the case may be. They live a life of luxury during the time they are alive. They are properly treated. You don't want anything to damage the coat or the skin, so they're treated well. Now, as long as they are humanely whacked, no problem. But this is something that has been worn for hundreds of years. The cavemen go back to wearing fur. They would take the fur of the, the carcasses of the, uh, off the carcasses of the animals that they had slain to eat. Had to keep them warm back in the caveman days. Nancy Dagonault, the vice president of the International Fur Federation, said it's shocking they would want to do this. These are people's jobs. These people are fourth, fifth generation furriers. They've been good taxpaying citizens for a very long time. They want to feed their families. Now think about this. Here we have now a perfect example of the nanny state, a controlling governmental entity that wants to dictate what you can and cannot wear. I have said this all along. It started with cigars and smoking, but it's not going to end with cigars and smoking. It's a very slippery slope that we are now living under. These people, many of the people that are in power today, specifically the Democrats, these were the people that protested the Vietnam War, jumped up and down about individual rights and freedoms back in the 1960s and the 70s. What have they converted into today? They have converted into a version of government officials ten times worse than what we ever saw in the 60s or 70s. Because they believe that they have the divine right to tell you and dictate, mandate, what you can wear, what you can eat, how to live your life. We see it all the time. We're seeing it everywhere. Got to be now 21 in many states, and we're going to see an increase across the country to buy tobacco. In fact, many cities now, we're seeing in Beverly Hills, they want to eliminate the sale completely. Prohibition. Restricting the sale of fur. Prohibition of fur in New York City. They're going to come back next and say you can't wear leather shoes, you can't wear leather belts. Now, it may sound far-fetched, but if they start with fur, leather comes from an animal, comes from a cow. You think they're going to stop at just fur? You think they're just going to stop at cigars? Do you think they're just going to stop saying, no, 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 we're just going to, nope, just no meat just on one day of the week? Forget it. These enemies of pleasure have one and only one goal on their mind. They want you to follow their dictates. What they deem to be appropriate to wear, what they deem to be appropriate to eat, what they deem to be appropriate to consume. And if you don't like it, too bad, because they are high and mighty. They have the right to determine what you can and cannot consume. It's getting worse in this country. This country was founded on freedom, on individual liberty. You know, we always kid about the Soviet Union and other, other uh, countries that crack down on what people can do and, and, and how they live their lives. We're seeing that here in the United States. We're seeing it by the reenacting of prohibition. Can't have cigars. Pretty soon, nope. Can't have beer. Won't be able to have spirits. And I'm telling you, 
even if you don't consume meat, even if you don't wear fur, even if you don't smoke cigars, pay very close attention to me. Because they will eventually come after a product you like, that you enjoy, that you consume. Soda, perfect example. In the People's Republic of California, they now have bills that they're sponsored, high ex- uh, excise taxes, huge excise taxes. Want to eliminate the sale of soda in, in some places. And I always get a kick out of when they interview people for TV and say, well, what do you think about them you know, prohibiting uh, smoking, uh, you know, raising the smoking age to 20? Oh, I think it's great. Then they ask them, well, what do you think about soda? How about making people 21 and putting a big tax? Well, that's not fair. They want it both ways. doesn't work that way. And those of you that consume coffee, which is the overwhelming majority of Americans, coffee contains caffeine. Caffeine is a drug, period. It is a matter of time before the FDA regulates caffeine and coffee in the same manner that they are or they're proposing to cigars. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Guaranteed, it's going to happen. Soda, coffee, meat, cigars, fur. That's just the start. And I've been saying this for 15, 20 years. We've been doing the show, going to be 24 years in July. The enemies of pleasure started to rear their ugly heads about 20, 21 years ago. It has gotten progressively worse. And you have these people that are on city councils, most of whom are pretty dumb. If you look at some of these legislators, whether city councilmen, congressmen or women, senators, they are not smart people. You are smart. When President Trump says, you are all the elite, well, we know we are. As alphas, we are elite. We are elite in whatever endeavor we so decide to pursue. I don't need some flunky who couldn't get a job in the private sector telling me what to do. And mark my words, they will come after your coffee. They will regulate the beans, the blend. Why? Because they'll use it under the guise of climate change. That by using, by, and fair growing techniques, that the people that pick these beans are not being treated right. That we're contributing to global warming with all the fertilizer and all the, all the machines that are needed in coffee production. I'm telling you, mark down the date. Mark it down Saturday, March 30th. Mark it down. That's the day that I am predicting that I have told you they're coming after coffee. It may be in a year, maybe in five years, but I want you to remember when they do, you can say, the general, I remember the general saying that and predicting that. He called it. They're coming after coffee. They come after coffee, you'll have a riot in this country. But they're already going after meat, and mark my words, they will want to limit the consumption and the sale of meat. They'll put high excise taxes on it. We're already seeing these groups these health groups saying, oh, we need to do this, and these climate change groups saying, we need to do this to, to encourage the reduction of meat consumption. Meat has been consumed for thousands and thousands of years. We don't need a bureaucrat or an enemy of pleasure to tell us what we can and cannot consume. I love the look of women in fur. They look sexy. They look stunning. They look hot. They look elegant. Screw the City Council of New York to try to, try to 
outlaw the sale of fur in New York City, destroy umpteen family businesses, and take away over a thousand jobs, but more importantly, intervene in our rights to decide for ourselves. I'm sick of it. I'm fed up with it. I know I am. You are too. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. As avid cigar connoisseurs, there is nothing like getting a brand new cigar that you have never sampled before in your hands and being able to cut, light, and enjoy that cigar. And the best way for you to get a great variety of cigars every month is to become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars to you every month. And for March 2019, we're featuring two great cigars from Gurkha. First up, the Gurkha Marquesa. Talk about a Cuban-esque pre-embargo type cigar in look and in taste. The Gurkha Marquesa is it. A beautiful earthy Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan fillers, a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied and spicy cigar. Then we've got the Gurkha Ghost. If you want a Brazilian wrapped bold cigar, the Gurkha Ghost. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club right now. Go to CigarDave.com and join to get great cigars like the Gurkha Marquesa and the Gurkha Ghost. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I need a cigar that's going to pair up with my libation of choice today, so I have pulled out from my vast humidor at Command Center Alpha the Macanudo Inspirado White. Gorgeous-looking cigar, some sweetness, some spice, very complex, some rich flavored uh, flavors. It uses an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, aged six years. It uses an Indonesian binder and Nesteli, correction, Nicaraguan Nesteli and Mexican San Andreas 
fillers, each age for a minimum of four years. This cigar is brimming with flavor. It's going to be on the medium-bodied side. Got a nice spicy, earthy depth to it. The wrapper, six years of aging, almost a buttery shade of gold. And I have pulled out a big cigar. Normally, I like a Toro. I've got the Churchill. Seven inches in length with a 48 ring gauge or 4864 7 inch in diameter. Suggested retails in the $7.5 category. The Macanudo Inspirado White. My litation selection today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self sharpening double edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. Well, Macanudo is a brand that just has great tradition. Edgar Coleman Sr., who just loved Macanudo, was a giant in the industry, a great gentleman, a real mensch, somebody that I uh, was very fortunate and privileged to get to know very well and spend a lot of time around, been on the show many times, loved Macanudo. I'd talk about Partagas, I'd talk about other cigars, and he'd say, Dave, let's go back to talking about my love, Macanudo. Loved Macanudo. And so when you think about Macanudo, it's just an old school, traditional cigar. And I'm going to light my cigar, my Macanudo Inspirado White today, old school, with some nice four and a half inch long cedar cigar matches. Very elegant way. Can't use them outside, but in the friendly confines of Command Center Alpha, just the elegant touch to light a cigar. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here comes the cut. Perfect cut. Fantastic. Now, my four and a half inch long cedar cigar match. Taking my time. Houston, we have a problem. There we go. I really got to strike it hard. Now I'm tilting the match down at about a 45 degree angle. That way the flame starts to build and then I back off to a level attitude. And that flame is jumping up. I'm toasting the foot of the cigar, taking my time. And I've got plenty of time for my puff and rotate. That's why I got to use a cigar match. Got plenty of time. Mm. Nice aromas, nice flavor, nice raw. Oh yeah. Smell that cedar burning. Hmm. Fantastic. Almost looks like a little hook. I can take a picture of this thing real quick right here. Hang on a second here. Let's see if I can take a picture of that. Okay. I will send that to Sergeant Steve. It looks like a fishing hook. It just burnt just in a in a hook manner. Take a few puffs. Hmm. Outstanding. My Macanudo Inspirado White. Properly lit. Great flavors. Nice little sweetness. Just a real pleasant cigar. I'm ready to continue. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Last October, Planters Peanuts, in association with Noon Whistle Brewing in Lombard, Illinois, just uh in one of the Chicago suburbs, collaborated on a new beer. It is called 
Planters Mr. IPA Nut. And when you look at the can, it's got the Planters Peanut Man. You know, he's got the little speckle in there. And it's got the gold, the blue background on the top, planters in gold. It says Mr. IPA Nut. First ever venture into craft brewing for planters peanuts. It is brewed with wakata and citra hops. Nice citrus aroma, hint of honey roasted peanuts. It's not going to be like eating peanuts. And a slightly salty finish. A very unique beer. Now, it took me months to get just two cans I got one can that I consumed at home and one can that I will consume today. And I've got it in my hot little... Oh, it is nice and cold. Fantastic. And initially, they were selling these, I think, for a four-pack, $9.99. Sold out almost everywhere. Primarily just available in the Chicago area. I have a feeling they'll come out with this again. Fantastic. All right, let me open up this... Nice. Let me pour this. Nice head on it. Swirl that around. Definitely getting some nutty notes. A little hoppiness. Mm. I will say, well, I've got the can, so that's not going to work too well. There you go. Close enough. Say cheers. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Little roastiness. Little salty finish. Again, you definitely note that there are hints of roasted peanuts, almost uh, as well as a just a little sweetness as well on the on the palate here. Mm. Not overly hoppy. Mm. Maybe 28, 30 on the international bitterness unit scale. Maybe a little bit more. Mm. But very pleasant. A perfect accompaniment to my Macanudo Inspirato White. Take another puff. Fantastic combination. The only thing missing is a nice, giant, juicy steak. That we shall have a little bit later. Let me uh, very quickly send out a long ash snappy get well soon to Dan Gaffney the morning host and program director at our great affiliate, WXDE-FM, Delaware 105.9 in Salisbury, uh, in the Salisbury, Maryland market, Rehoboth Beach, uh, Delaware. know that area very well when I lived in Bolomer, Maryland, for three years after college from uh, 86 to 89. I had a heart attack, and he publicly, I'm not violating any HIPAA laws, he came on the air and said I uh, wasn't feeling well, and... Uh, uh, was filling in uh, or doing a weekend show up in Philadelphia, wasn't feeling well, got to the hospital, did the right thing, mild uh, heart attack, but he is doing great. So, Dan, glad you are doing well. We appreciate you carrying the Cigar Dave show in Salisbury and the entire Eastern Shore, Rehoboth, Delaware, that whole Eastern Shore area. Have a cigar. Moderation now. And a libation. Don't overdo it, but glad that you are on the mend. And uh, so that is good news. Now, next hour, Robert Kraft apologizing. For what? There's no reason to. We'll get into that. We'll continue our conversation, our follow-up to the 737 Max issues that I talked about last week. Some interesting developments and some takes that I have. And even though it's the March Madness going on right now, 
with the NCAA basketball tournament. It is potato chip madness. We'll talk about what Reviewed Magazine and Reviewed.com did. 32 different bags of chips. Who doesn't love potato chips? Sergeant Steve and I will discuss. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. March Madness is upon us. Started with 64 teams, then down to 32, then down to 16, and now we are down to the Elite Eight. And somebody at Reviewed.com had the brilliant idea to create brackets for the best potato chip. Who doesn't love potato chips? Well, maybe the enemies of Crunch, the Snack Squadron, but we love them. Who doesn't? Those crunchy, salty snacks. So we will get into potato chips. Who's got the best chip in this half hour? We'll also tell you about some beer-related items, specifically beer-related foods, how beer can help you lose weight, a spa that's got beer involved with it, Robert Kraft apologizes, why I don't know. Lots to get to in this hour of the Cigar Dave Show. Welcome back, hour number two. As always, I give you a long-ash snappy salute. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Cigar Dave. Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You will see the links to all of our social media posts. In fact, later in this hour, I will tell you about how I was, I was the first on an emergency aircraft situation yesterday in the Cigar City before anyone else And I did that on Twitter, so we'll get to that a little bit later on. Sergeant Steve, do you love potato chips? Well, who doesn't? Of course I do. Well, you know there's going to be some food police, Kelly Brownell or one of those other clowns, that are going to say, we need to tax snack foods and any salt-related foods. You know that's coming, too. It's just a matter of time. But who doesn't love potato chips is right, or any kind of chip. So at Review.com, as bracket season rolled around, they decided to create their own brackets in four regions based on the kind of chip. And they wanted to do a taste test and find a winner. It's kind of like the same thing with March Madness, but instead of basketball, with chips. There we go. And we've got the CBS music. I'm Brent Musburger, formerly on CBS. Actually, now it's what? CBS, TNT, TBS, True TV, ever, on your mobile app. I like Charles Bar. It's terrible. The way, by the way, Sergeant Steve, the way Michigan played yesterday was terrible. That it was, was just terrible. That was terrible on Thursday night. A Thursday night, I meant Thursday night. Terrible. I'll tell you, Texas Tech walloped the Buffalo Bulls, and I forgot that they were playing against the Michigan Wolverines. And I think uh, Michigan that was, forgot they were playing too. 
Yeah, they clearly both teams did. Texas, I, I, and I remember saying, Texas Tech, where the hell did these guys come out of? For whatever reason, they're they're peaking at the right time. So, in any event, they decided of five days of chip testing, they came up with a final four from the best of each region. And here's how the regions were set up. They have the salt region, the corn region, the flavor region, and the fancy region. So for the salt region, basically it's your basic potato chips. Your corn region could be your Fritos, your Doritos, nacho chips, that kind of thing. The flavor region, barbecue, salt and vinegar, jalapeno. And then for the fancy region, organic and like uh, tear up sweet potato chips and Stacy's pita chips. So they decided to look at all sorts of chips. So let's first of all break down the salt region. They went with Lay's, Pringles. Pringles to me are not potato chips. They are not. They are basically, they are prefabricated slabs of potato mulch. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. Pringles, the newfangled potato chip. It's all, if you look at what's in there, it's all chemicals. Not interested. Utz potato chips, or as I used to call it, putts when I lived in Baltimore. They're a big Northeast Pennsylvania, Maryland chip. Cape Cod. Kettle chips, Wise. Now, there's a name Wise that, when I was growing up, was big. Mm-hmm. Not as big as they used to be, but the one thing, Wise always had the salt-free potato chips, which I actually like now and then. Then you've got your Ruffles. Ruffles have ridges. And the Cape Cod Waffle. Have you ever had the Cape Cod Waffle? I have. Those are good. They're good. They're not my favorite, but they're good. No. Anything from Cape Cod I like. Mm-hmm. Cape Cod they were the first to really have that kettle chip, and then Lay's and everybody else followed. So that is the salt region. Next is the corn region. In the corn region, first up, you had the food should taste good. I have no idea what that is. Doritos Cool I agree, Ranch, though. <laughs> which food should taste good. I do agree. Sun Chips, which I like. Tostitos. Doritos. Sun Chips French Onion. Doritos Sweet Chili. And Fritos. I love Fritos. You can't go, especially the big ones with the scoops. Oh, absolutely. Those are fantastic. So that's the corn region. Now we go to the, shouldn't we have a show, you know, picking it like they do on CBS? Are we, are we failing the brackets? Who's the one seed? Uh, you know, who's favorite? Yes, who's the one seed? Exactly. Then in the flavor region. Do we have region, a play-in Uts, game? Is there a play-in game for any of these? There is no play-in game, but there should be. There should be a, a play-in crunch is what there should be. Uh, in fact, one that's not on here that I think probably should be on here in the flavor region is the, uh, what did I just have a few weeks ago? I had that Lay's. The, the beer um, cheese. The beer, yeah, the beer, beer cheese chips. That should have been in the play-in. Yeah. There's no doubt well, about it. Well, that may have been one of the first four out in chipology. No way. That was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. All right, so here's the flavor region. Utz barbecue, pizza Pringles, Ruffles sour cream and cheddar, Lay's salt and vinegar, Lay's sour cream and onion, Cape Cod jalapeno, Wise sour cream and onion, and Lay's barbecue. Final region, the fancy region, Organics brand, Tierra Original, Baked Lay's, 365 Organic, which actually is the Whole Foods uh, uh, store brand, Terra sweet potato chips, Open Nature veggie chips, I've had those, Stacy's pita chips, and 365 Organic tortillas. So, overall, a pretty good cross-section of chips. All right, so let me ask you, and I'm going to give you my opinion, and, and we'll, you take your opinion and what the review.com's opinion was. First up, first 
competition between Lay's and Pringles. That's an easy one for me. That's Lay's like the, the one way. seed going against the 16 there. That's uh, a, Lay's all the way. That, that was kind of like, uh, yeah, exactly. That was kind of like, um, well, I'd say Duke against UCF, but I shouldn't say that because UCF almost beat them. But it was kind of like Texas Tech and Michigan yeah. and Texas Tech <laughs> against Buffalo. Major blowouts. All right, so Lay's easily over Pringles, not even close. Then you have Utz against Cape Cod. Now, remember, Cape Cod are those kettle chips. Utz is more of like a Lay's potato chip. I believe baked in, uh, or they're, they're made in either Maryland, I want to say Hanover, Maryland, or in Pennsylvania. But you've got Utz against Cape Cod. That's no, Cape Cod. Yeah, Cape Cod won that one as well. I would agree on Cape Cod. Then you have Kettle Chips versus Wise. I'm going to go with an upset here. I like Wise potato chips. They're light, they're fluffy, they're tasty. I go with Wise. I had some with my salami sandwich before the show today. You had Wise? Yeah, that's what I was I was eating with my sandwich. All right, well, Review.com went with Kettle. I'm going with Wise, so that's our bracket right there. Then finally, Ruffles have Ridges versus Cape Cod Waffle. I'll take Ruffles. Yeah, I was going to go with Ruffles as well. So basically, we are we have in the first round, we've got Lay's that is going to battle Cape Cod, Wise against Ruffles in the Salt region. Now we move to the Corn region. Food should taste good. I've never heard of food should taste good. Hold on a second. Who can go Google against this. that, though? Food, wait, wait. Food should taste good chips. Wait. Food should. Helps if I could type here. Should taste good. Here we go. Let's see. I've never heard of these chips. Okay. Super long name. It says real, real good food. Okay. Uh, I don't even know where these are made in. Um I, I have no clue. So they've got, oh, okay, so it's primarily corn chips, guacamole chips. There's no potato chips, I believe. I'm looking at their products here. Yeah, these are mostly tortilla chips and, yeah, pretty much tortilla chips all the way around. All right, so we have in the corn region, the food should taste good, basic tortilla chip versus Doritos Cool Ranch. You can't go wrong with Doritos Cool Ranch. Yeah, I got to go with Doritos Cool Ranch myself. I prefer the original Doritos, but Cool Ranch is good. Yeah, I'm with you. Then we have Sunship versus to- Tostitos. I go with Sunships. Um, you know, that's a tough one for me because I really like Tostitos too. But I, I, I'll go Tostitos in this one. Oh, you're going to go Tostitos. Yeah, I'll take, well, the, I'll take the upset. Re- Review.com went with Sunships, so it's two against one. We've got the Sunships that move on to the next game. Next up, Doritos versus Sunships French Onion. Easy, Doritos. Doritos. Yep, by a landslide. Then finally, Doritos Sweet Chili versus Fritos. Fritos. I am a Fritos man. Yes, I am the Frito Bandito. Review.com went with Doritos Sweet Chili. No, got Fritos. 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 So, in the corn region, Doritos Cool Ranch, Sun Chips, Doritos, and Frito Advance. Now we go to the flavor region. When is halftime, by the way? We need a halftime. I think to just sample the first. Now I'm going to want to go out after the show and go to the supermarket and get every damn bag that we just talked about. I'm salivating right now as we speak. All right. So next up in the flavor region, Utz Barbecue, Pizza Pringles, Ruffles Sour Cream and Cheddar, Lay's Salt and Vinegar, Lay's Sour Cream and Onion, Cape Cod Jalapeno, Wise Sour Cream and Onion and Lay's Barbecue. First up, Utz Barbecue versus Pizza Pringles. I'm an Utz man, going with Utz. Pizza yep. Pringles, I'm sorry. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't like Pringles. Barbecue over pizza anytime on a potato chip. 
There you go. In fact, maybe we got to get Colonel Ange to make some uh, real barbecue chips. There we go. Uh, in the pooch pit. There you go. Next up, Ruffles sour cream and cheddar versus Lay's salt and vinegar. I'll take the salt and vinegar. I'm that makes it unanimous. Three U I and review.com. Although the Ruffles sour cream and cheddar is good, but it's a little bit too I find salty, and some of that cheese artificial cheese flavor sticks around way mm-hmm. too long. Next up, we have the Lay's Sour Cream and Onion versus the Cape Cod Jalapeno. I'll take the jalapeno. I'm going to take the jalapeno as well, although I do like the Lay's. The reason is it's thin, light, crispy, but I'm going to go with the Cape Cod Jalapeno, although Reviewed went with the Lay's. Next up, final competition in the flavor region, Why Sour Cream and Onion versus Lay's Barbecue. Barbecue all day long. I'm going to go with the barbecue as well. Although I don't think Lay's makes the best barbecue of no. all of them, but nonetheless, I'll take that over sour cream barbecue. and onion anytime. All right, so we have Utz barbecue versus the Lay's salt and vinegar. Then we have the Cape Cod jalapeno versus the Lay's barbecue in the flavor region. For the fancy and final region, we have the Organics brand, the Terra Original, Baked Lay's, 365 Organic uh, Chips which is uh, basically a, the, the, the uh, Whole Foods house brand. Terra Sweet Potato Chips, Open Nature Veggie Chips, Stacy's Pita, 365 Organic Tortillas. So first up, the Organics brand versus Terra Original. I'm going with Terra. I'll do, I'll do the same. I like Terra chips. Yeah. They're pretty good. And the Terra have the different veggies and everything in there, mm-hmm. and it's, it's uh, very gourmet. I like that. Next up, Baked Lay's versus the 365 Organic Chips. Baked I go Lays. with Baked Lay's. Baked Lay's. Yep, Exactly. Next up, the Terra Sweet Potato. This is a tough one versus the Open Nature Veggie Chips. And these are, you know, they've got like the celery and the carrots and all that, those other ones. But I got to go with the Terra Sweet Potato. I would agree. It's unanimous. And finally, this is where I think there could be an upset. Stacy's Pita versus the 365 Organic Tortillas. I'm going with Stacy's Pita Chips. I like the 365 Organic Tortillas. Well, it goes to review.com. They selected Stacy's Pita, so the Stacy's Pita wins. So, the final four selections in the fancy region the Terra Original, Baked Lays, Terra Sweet Potato, and Stacy's Pita. So, Terra, two of Terra's brands advance very, very big. Now, we move to the elite. I guess we we're in the Sweet 16. This. Yeah, we're in the Sweet 16 yeah. now. Yeah, the quarterfinals. So here we have, we are in the quarterfinals. We have the Sweet 16. So, first up, Lays. Versus Cape Cod Kettle Chips. Cape Cod. I'm going to go with Cape Cod. They're a little bit firmer and crunchier than the Lay's, but I do like the Lay's. They're not as greasy, too. They are not as greasy. I have to agree. Next up, Wise versus Ruffles. I'll take the Wise for the same reason, not as greasy. You know, I'm torn on this one because I like Ruffles with the little ridges, Mm -hmm. but I find they're a little bit too salty. I am going to go with Wise myself even though Reviewed went with Ruffles. So in the salt, it'll be Cape Cod versus Wise. In the corn region, here are the four. First of all, Doritos Cool Ranch versus Sun Chips. I'll take the Doritos Cool Ranch. I'm going to go with the Sun Chips, but Reviewed.com went with Doritos, so it is Doritos Cool Ranch. Next up is regular Doritos versus Fritos. I'm going with Fritos. This is a tough one. Easy, Fritos. Because uh, I like both of these a lot. But I'll go with Fritos as well. All right. Well, 
We win 2-1 to one against Reviewed, so it is going to be Fritos in the Corn Region. Ooh, this is the suspense is killing us. Now we go to the Flavor Region. Utz Barbecue versus Lay's Salt and Vinegar. Barbecue. I am torn, but I like bar. I do like salt and vinegar, but I like barbecue best. So I'm going to go with the Uts. So the Uts BBQ has it. Next up, we go with the Cape Cod Jalapeno versus the Lay's Barbecue. I'm going with the Jalapeno, Cape Cod Jalapeno. This is a tough one. I mean, we could have an all barbecue, an Uts versus Lay's Barbecue. Here. Well, that is a pretty good flavor in the flavor region. It is the good flavor in the flavor region. There's no doubt about never it. Go Cape wrong. Cod Jalapeno. You know what? I will agree with you on the Cape Cod Jalapeno. We will advance the Cape Cod Jalapeno. All right? So we've got the Cape Cod Jalapeno versus the Yutz Barbecue. And in the fancy region, we have the Terra Chips versus Baked Lays. Easy. Terra. Um, I'll go Baked Lays. Well, for the... Uh, Coin toss, we go to review.com. They went with the Terra chips. And then we have the Terra sweet potato versus Stacy's pita. I'm going to go with Stacy's pita. I'll do the same. All right. So it is Stacy's pita that is going to advance. So let's see here. We had the Terra chip and then we have the Stacy's. All right. So now we are down to the Elite Eight, Sergeant Steve. All right. Back to the salt region. Cape Cod versus Wise. That's a tough one. I'm going to go Cape Cod, but I really like Wise, too. I'm going to go with Cape Cod as well. I've got to agree with you on that. Cape Cod, I like the Wise, but those kettle chips, they just do me in every single time. Next up, we've got Doritos Cool Ranch versus Fritos. I go with Fritos all the way. The Fritos. All right, so Fritos comes out of the corn region. And an upset. And I have to tell you. It, in an upset, no question about it. And, and as Charles Barkley just said, that is not terrible. It's not terrible at all. I like the Fritos. <laughs> all right, now in the flavor region. Here we go. We have got Utz Barbecue versus the Cape Cod Jalapeno. I think I got to go Utz Barbecue. I'm going to go Utz Barbecue as well. So Utz Barbecue is going to move to the final four. And then lastly, we've got the Terra Chips versus the Stacy's Pita Chip. Now, Stacy's is your basic pita chip. You know, basically, you're not talking about a lot of over flavor if you like pita chips, which I do. But then you look at the Terra Chips, which have some unique flavors, not a potato chip, more of a veggie chip. That's a tough, tough call on that, Sergeant Steve. I'll let you go first. I'll take the Terra. I'm going to go with the Terra Chip as well. I believe that it's a close call, but Stacy's is just a little too naked. I'm going to go with the Terra. So now we have the final four. Representing the salt region is the Cape Cod Kettle Chips. The corn region, Fritos. The flavor region, Utz Barbecue. And the fancy region, Terra Sweet Potato. Now, are you going to give Woo! the winning chip your tie like Jim Nance does? Uh, no, I'm going to give the winning chip. I'm going to go out and buy a couple of bags of actually for the final four. I may buy them all. I got to stay away. Maybe just a few chips. All right. So in the salt and corn region bracket, we have Cape Cod versus Fritos. This to me is the toughest of everyone we've done so far, because on one hand, I love Cape Cod, love the kettle crunch, but I like those Fritos. Love those big Fritos scoops, like the corn taste, a little bit of that saltiness. It's really tough. It's very tough. Well, do I have anything to dip the scoops in? 
Because that, that, yes, that we changes have, it. I mean, if, if you're just eating the scoops plain, they're wonderful. Well, yes, you, you can put, I prefer bison chip dip, which is a buffalo favorite. But yes, an onion, an onion dip would be available for you should you desire. But to me, the chip must stand on its own, on its own crunchiness and flavor. I might still have to go with the Fritos. You know what? I'm going to go with the Fritos all. I love Cape, Cape Cod, Cod, but I, I am going to go. Then that is an upset because Reviewed picked Cape Cod to go to the championship crunch off. So I'm going to go with Fritos as well. So we have Fritos representing the salt and the corn region. Now, representing the flavor versus the fancy region, we've got the Utz Barbecue versus the... Terra, uh, let's see, the Terra, oh, wait a minute, did we do the? It was Terra, uh, yeah, the Terra original. Terra. Yes, the Terra sweet potato chips. I'm going to go with the Utz Barbecue. It was the Terra originals, the Terra original. Terra originals, yep. I'm sorry, the Terra originals, correct, the Terra originals. i got to go with the barbecue. Yep, so now it's going to be Utz versus Fritos. This, we have two major upsets in the ch- uh, March Chip Madness. It is incredible. So we're down to the championship crunch off. We've got Fritos. Versus Utz Barbecue. Two surprise snacks. Pressure on the line. Sergeant Steve, Fritos versus Utz Barbecue. Now, on one hand, I say you've got a traditional potato chip with a barbecue flavoring, and you have a Fritos, which is a corn chip. I love potato chips. Would I take potato chips any day over a Frito? The answer is yes. I am going to go with the Utz Barbecue for the championship. Oh, I'm, this is easy. This is Fritos all the way. Wow. Well, Sergeant Steve, we have ourselves a dilemma. And the reason being is we can't go to Review.com for their selection because their champion was the Cape Cod. So we now need to go off. We have to have another crunch off. We go with five-minute crunching overtime. All right. Utz Barbecue versus Fritos. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be the master mediator. Why can't both win? I say we buy a bag of Utz Barbecue and Fritos and go to town on each. That way, hey, you know what? We all win that way. We have co-champions. So the co-champions, the Utz Barbecue and the Fritos. Major, major upsets. And with that... My fellow alphas, we didn't come to the decisive decision that we wanted. However, can you really go wrong with Fritos or Utz Barbecue or any of the chips that were in March Chip Madness? And the answer is no. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Now I want some snacks. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. In 1964, José O. Padrón began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padrón cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padrón controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Cigar Dave Officers Club selection for March is a Gurkha sampler, including the Gurkha Ghost. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. And the Gurkha sampler featuring the Gurkha Marquesa and two Gurkha Marquesas and one Gurkha Ghost uh, started shipping out yesterday and then into the early part of next week. Had a slight delay because of the uh, cigars coming out of customs, but fear not, they are coming your way. And the Gurkha Marquesa we launched at the Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest last August, and that Marquesa is reminiscent of the flavor and packaging of pre-embargo Cuban cigars. I told Kaisad Hensodia of Gurkha that was the most un-Gurkha-like packaging I've ever seen, and the reason being is Gurkha's always edgy and progressive, and Kaisad told me, he said, I've really never done anything retro, but I wanted to try something. And the Marquesa, when, he, when I smoked the blend, he said, it was just so pre-embargo Cuba, I wanted to go in a different direction. And it is a fabulous cigar, fabulous packaging. Marquesa features an earthy Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Ometepe and Esteli Nicaraguan fillers. Medium-bodied flavor, nice notes of spice, just a beautiful stick. And the Gurkha Ghost, as soon as they release that cigar through the roof. Once you look at that beautiful, dark, oily Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper, your palate will salivate. Very sleek and alluring cigar. Ample notes of cocoa, cinnamon, pepper, just a scrumptious cigar. So the Gurkha Sampler, featuring two Gurkha Marquesas, one Gurkha Ghost, the March 2019 Cigar Dave Officers Club selection coming your way. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go right now. This second, CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Sergeant Steve, let me bring you back one more time, talking about the March potato chip or, 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 or uh, chip madness that we had, crunchy chip madness. Really, to me, even though we had co-champions, the Utz Barbecue and the Fritos, to me, the real championship was decided really in that final four with the Salt Region and the Corn Region, Cape Cod versus Fritos. Yeah, they had the two because strongest regions going against each other in the they did. semifinals. Well, it's chip bracketology. It's, it's, you know, you got to look at the committee and you got to question the committee for putting two such strong contenders in the same region yeah, uh, side of the region. I don't know what each chip's quad one wins were and quad four losses that affected the, the, the seedings. But. Well, you've got the uh, uh, CCI, the chip crunching index that the committee normally goes to for any tiebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs the RPI? It's the chip crunching index, the CCI. 
uh, you know, people are always going to find fault, whether it's the NCAA Basketball Committee or the uh, March Chip Madness Committee. They will find fault. You know what I say? There's so many great selections. Buy them all and go to town. I'm going to pick up some Fritos and some Cape Cod and some Uds Barbecue. I'm just going to go to town. No doubt about it. All right. Robert Kraft, as you know, had a massage at the Oriental Spa in Jupiter, Florida. Very, very pleasant ending. Now, I have no problem. As far as I'm concerned, it should be made legal. Any form of, I 100% believe, prostitution should be legal. Why not? It's going to happen anyway. Do what they do in Nevada. In certain areas, it is legal. The girls are tested every week. There is strict taxation. They've had no issues. The great Dennis Hoff, may he rest in peace, the founder of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch and several other ranches, longtime friend, had him on the show many times. And he said, look, General, we've had no issues. Guys want to come, have a good time. They want to have a drink. There's no pressure. It's taxed. He said, I've been audited umpteen times, never an issue. And he told me there's never been one case of an STD since prostitution's been legalized in Nevada, and they get tested every, the girls get tested every week. I say, who's it bothering? The girls are doing it voluntarily, and we hear all the time, women should have the right to choose what they do with their bodies. Okay, women want to sell it, no problem. They want to be entrepreneurs, I have no problem with it. Look, Robert Kraft has nothing to be sorry for. He wanted some massage pleasant ending, stress relief. I don't have a problem with it. Who's he bothering? Nobody. They're trying to make a case that he aided and abetted illegal trafficking of women. Well, so far, the sheriff's departments have not been able to prove diddly on that. So now, Robert Kraft released a statement a week ago apologizing for being charged with solicitation of prostitution. In deference to the judicial process, I've remained silent these past several weeks. To correct some of the misinformation surrounding this matter, my attorney made his first public comments on Friday night. I would like to use this opportunity to say something that I've wanted to say for four weeks. I am truly sorry. I know I have hurt and disappointed my family, my close friends, my coworkers, our fans, and many others who rightfully hold me to a higher standard. Throughout my life, I've always tried to do the right thing. The last thing I would ever want to do is disrespect another human being. I have extraordinary respect for women. My morals and my soul were shaped by the most wonderful woman, the love of my life, who I was blessed to have as my partner for 50 years. As I move forward, I hope to continue to use the platform with which I have been blessed to help others and to try to make a difference. I expect to be judged not by my words, but by my actions, and through those actions, I hope to regain your confidence and respect. Well, let's look at that. All right. He says he's sorry. He's hurt his family, close friends, why? He lost his wife. Sex is a normal part of being a human for men and for women. Now, I always say, it's especially a billionaire like Bob Kraft, it's much cheaper to lease than to buy. Even if you do have a prenuptial agreement, the best thing when he's done, he could say, bye, that's it. He didn't respect, disrespect any women. He paid them. He probably paid them. Very generously. I don't know what he paid him, but whatever it was, he compensated them for their services. So why does he have to apologize for that? He didn't hurt me. Frankly, if I was his kids, I'd say, hey, Dad, you got needs. What the hell? No problem. 
No problem. If he would have gone to Nevada, to the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, just outside of Reno, he could have had 25 women gone to town for, uh, what, 10, 12 hours as long as he wanted? No problem. And I don't have a problem with it. Frankly, I think we need to look at the prostitution laws in this country and get out of the dark ages. Legalize it, certain areas, tax it. End of discussion. The man has nothing to apologize for. Wow, he wanted some stress relief. Wanted to feel good. We know sex is good. It's good for your circulatory system, good for your health, good for your attitude. you got to keep that prostate moving. It's like plumbing. You don't want the uh, pipes to rot. He was doing what his doctor would suggest. Keep everything moving. Keep everything flowing. Robert Kraft, I'm a Bills fan. Can't stand the Patriots. You have nothing to apologize for. All right. Beer. Some interesting beer-related items. Budweiser and Coleman Natural Meats have teamed up to make beer meat. Budweiser beer, an American staple when it comes to summer beer. Good lager is teaming up with Coleman Natural Meats to make a beer-infused pork. They're working to make Pulled pork, St. Louis-style pork ribs, a range of other different types of spiced pork sausage available. I think it's a great idea. I mean, we've always talked about marinating your meat in beer. Fantastic idea. Can't go wrong. The uh, This will be released, uh, let's see, later this summer uh, is what they expect. You'll expect the sparrows to be delivered in both half-rack and full-rack sizes soaked in Budweiser Brewmaster's premium barbecue sauce. The sausage will come in two different flavors, jalapeno cheddar brats and beer brats, both varieties infused with Budweiser American Lager. I say fantastic, beautiful. Talking about beer. Beer, well, it comes from, when you think about it, it comes from grain, it comes from hops. It's technically a vegetable. Here we have a man. Named Del Hall, Sergeant Steve from your original neck of the woods, Cincinnati. He is performing his own Lenten sacrifice by going on a beer, or he went on a beer-only diet. He has struggled with his diet for most of his life. He tried keto, intermittent fasting. He's embarking on a 40-day journey following in the footsteps of wise monks from the 17th century. He vows that for 40 days, he's giving up all solid foods, his only sustenance will be brewski, beer. He said, just like the monks used to do back in the 1600s, I'm going to do the same things. According to his Facebook page, he has maintained his beer-only pledge for 21 days, having only cold beers during the three-week span. He has already dropped 25 pounds. Sergeant Steve, the man is onto something here. I know plenty of people that have no problem with a beer-only diet, but I'm not sure that would be ultra-healthy when you think about it. I was on a heavy beer diet when I was younger, and it did lose some weight, but it wasn't beer-only. Yeah, but, hey, listen, if he's lost 25 pounds on a beer, I think 40 days is going to be tough, but 25 days, hey, I wish him all the best. And lastly, talking about beer, this is a new one. This is a kind of interesting story here. You can have a bubbly beer bath that is now on the menu at Chicago's Piva Beer Spa. And the primary appeal 
is the option to soak in a tub of warm beer. Now, guests can order platters of bread, meat, and cheese, and enormous tankards of craft beer to enjoy while soaking in the beer tub. And it has proved to be so popular that uh, there's apparently a waiting list for this thing. And he says it's great. The owner, Dino Saranchik, says it's great for conditioning the skin. The active brewer's yeast in the beer is going to be great for making the skin feel soft to the touch. The alcohol in the beer is a natural antimicrobial. The smell of hops is a natural relaxant as well. So when you leave the spa, you should leave with your hair feeling nice and shiny without being weighed down, your skin feeling soft to the touch, and generally feeling relaxed. Just like it was over at the Oriental Spa. Uh, where everybody went, or whatever they call that. What was it? What was it called anywhere? Anyway, the uh, Sukiyaki Spa, or uh, Sunset Spa, whatever that spa in Jupiter, Florida was. Ah, yes. Welcome to a spa. Enjoy a re- relaxing a massage. A happy ending included in price. Welcome to an Asian spa. We wax. Prepare for Asian explosion. <laughs> Love the music accompaniment, meant Sergeant Steve. So here you go. Next time I'm in Chicago, I'm going to go in a bubbly beer bath at the Piva Beer Spa. All right. Well, we come back. Going to get into the 737 issues. Just a follow-up to our story last week. A couple of uh, correspondence that I received. Also talk about what the acting FAA administrator had to say in front of a Senate uh, committee on Wednesday. What an absolute joke. And I'll get into him and the Washington swamp rats that pervade the FAA and all of D.C. when the final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. As avid cigar connoisseurs, there is nothing like getting a brand new cigar that you have never sampled before in your hands and being able to cut, light, and enjoy that cigar. 
And the best way for you to get a great variety of cigars every month is to become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars to you every month. And for March 2019, we're featuring two great cigars from Gurkha. First up, the Gurkha Marquesa. Talk about a Cuban-esque pre-embargo-type cigar in look and in taste. The Gurkha Marquesa is it. A beautiful, earthy Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan fillers, a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied, and spicy cigar. Then we've got the Gurkha Ghost. If you want a Brazilian-wrapped, bold cigar, the Gurkha Ghost. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club right now. Go to CigarDave.com and join to get great cigars like the Gurkha Marquesa and the Gurkha Ghost. Great legendary Engelbert Humperdinck, real name Arnold George Dorsey. He's now 82. Last week I'm flicking around looking for a game, and I stumble across on the public television station. They've got Engelbert Humperdinck, live concert from Hawaii. So I started watching it for a few minutes. I ended up recording it, went back to watch it. Now he looks 82, but the voice still magnificent. I think he sings better today than he did when he was in his 30s and 40s. But I went back and started looking at some of the videos from 1982. The open shirt all the way, you know, the chains, the medallions, the hair. It is wild. We'll post some of that. It is wild to watch it. The blatant sexuality that went on in the stage when he had women on there was just over the top. We'll post this one video from a... a uh, a performance in Vegas that's just over the top, but had some great songs. And uh, actually, I'll post some of the songs that I like in some of the videos over social media over the uh, next day or so. All right, let me talk about the Boeing 737 MAX. Last week, I gave you a complete analysis on how Boeing royally screwed up. They were negligent and, I believe, criminal. Wall Street Journal article came out several days ago and one of the things they revealed is that there was such pressure from the senior executives to get this plane engineered and out the, uh, the, off the assembly line that the normal pace was almost doubled. That technical drawings that engineers normally would do three, four, five a week, they wanted double that. And there were many instances where the drawings were incomplete. And in fact, the reason that Boeing was pressuring the engineers and the, the other people associated on the design team to get this thing moving, to get the plane moving and finished, is because they promised, and, and one of the reasons why that the engineers were hamstrung on creating a very high uh, technology, state-of-the-art flight deck, they've actually dumbed it down because they promised all the airlines that were buying it 
that there would have there would be very very limited transition a one hour transition just using an iPad or some written materials they wouldn't need to put their pilots in the simulator and American Airlines and Southwest Airlines negotiated little hidden factoid here that in the event the 737 Max required additional training beyond what Boeing stated and there were more differences than what Boeing stated they would have to refund a million dollar per plane to the airlines now Southwest has 35 planes $35 million hit. Boeing's going to have to refund that. So there were a lot of conflicts going on. And in fact, a number of engineers said we had the opportunity with a brand new plane, new cockpit, to bring in 21st century technology. But we were hamstrung because the executive said you can't do that because it will require time in the simulator, even though Boeing engineers wanted to build a state-of-the-art plane. And one of the items they found is that the FAA said, okay, you can go with one angle of attack indicator, even though redundancy is required. Here's another little interesting factoid. Brian Lesko, airline pilot who wrote an article last year for his union's magazine uh, about the 737 MAX, repeatedly asked Boeing officials if there were any major new systems. The answer was no, according to a person recently discussing the matter with him. And further, Boeing came out and said, oh, there should be no problem. It's runaway trim. You should know what to do. I'm sorry. When you push the nose down of an airplane, you may have runaway trim, but runaway means it's runaway. It's either going up or down, and you can't counter it. The pilots were able to counter it. So it was nose down. They pulled back on the yoke, and once they got to a level attitude, boom. The MCAS system, the, uh, the augmentation system that Boeing put on this airplane, fired off again. So on Wednesday, I'm watching acting FAA Administrator Daniel Elwell. Let me tell you about Elwell. Man of distinction, graduated from the Air Force Academy in 1983, earned his pilot wings, flew in Operation Desert Storm, retired as a lieutenant colonel for 16 years. The acting administrator of the FAA, Elwell, was a commercial pilot for American, also served as American's managing director for international and government affairs, and then was named from 2008 to 2013 the vice president of the Aerospace Industries Association. Who do you think is a member of that association? I'll take Boeing for 500, Alex. And then in 2013, he becomes vice president of safety, security, and operations for the Airlines for America, which is a trade association for all the airlines. So he's got skin in the game on K Street. He's a lobbyist. When directly asked about the MCAS system, he basically lies about what the system is supposed to do, and he's asked numerous times by uh, Senator Markey from Massachusetts, who I don't agree with on anything, but I agree with him on this. He said, why on earth would Boeing put a warning light and make that a, an option? Why are two angle of attack indicators an option? And he wouldn't answer the question. Shouldn't that be standard? Shouldn't safety? And he kept dodging the question. It was an embarrassment. If you want a perfect example of the Washington, D.C. swamp, Dan Elwell, the acting administrator of the FAA, a swamp rat, and shame on him as a pilot to cover for Boeing. But you know what's going to happen when he leaves the FAA? He's going to be going back to kissing Boeing's ass. Mark my words, Boeing or another manufacturer will probably hire him. I did receive two comments from pilots, one a retired pilot, took big issue with me. 
uh, and I will get to this. I'm going to do a probably a special podcast on this later this weekend or early next week. One agreed with me, very long discussion. The other had, took major offense, said he was done with me. But I want to address that in a podcast. But the moral of this, also, I'm going to talk about Southwest Flight 2222, emergency yesterday in the Cigar City of, or Thursday night in Tampa. I had all the info first. I'll tell you about that. You want to see a swamp? Just look to the FAA and what is going on right now. Cigar Dave, the general, say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure and screw the enemies of safety at the FAA and at Boeing.